Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Rob. And this is Two, Two Librarians, librarians Walk, Walk Into, into a, a Shelf. shelf. We have changed venues. We have changed venues. Um, we do a couple of these at a time. And the first one, the last episode you would have listened to was done in the beautiful outdoor garden here at the Madison Library. And this one we've moved inside. Would you like to tell our listeners why we're inside? Well, I opened an electrical box outside to plug in my phone. You did? And... Uh, my life flashed before my eyes. I'm sure it did. <laughs> when hornets flew out of their nest and into my face. They did. I then yelled things I shouldn't have and hightailed it out of the garden. Well, in that situation, there's nothing you could have said that wasn't appropriate. Okay. I thought you were dying. I thought something, I thought there was, a, my go-to is a killer. I thought there was somebody in a hockey mask with a chainsaw and he popped out. And then my blood ran cold when I saw wasps. <laughs> Millions and millions huh. and millions, or a dozen. I think it was 12. Or a dozen. But there's very little difference between millions of hornets or wasps and 12. Because it looks the same when they're all going around. Flying at your face. Flying at your face. This is very true. And I saw my, my, my podcast co-host running for her life. And mm-hmm. then you were gone. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I left you behind. You did. Like, <laughs> we leave nobody behind but, oop, wasps. <laughs> Look, I'm, save yourself. Say, that's right. That's the lesson that we want you to learn from this. <laughs> Always save yourself. Uh, so, yeah, so wasps um, in the garden, and, uh, and now we're inside and there's no wasps. There are so. no wasps in here that we know of. So let's get started, and I do have something happier. Okay. I don't think you know this, but we got our first phone call about our podcast. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, this is very exciting. We had a listener who's listened uh, to quite a few of them, and she called the Madison Library and left a message to us. I heard it this morning. I believe she said her name is Miss Donovan, and she's a teacher, and she gave us permission to play this, and I think it, it's pretty nice. So let me... Let me play this. Oh, that was so sweet. She took time out of her day to give us a call and tell us that. That was wonderful. Makes my heart happy. (laughs) Thank you, Mrs. Donovan. And uh, anybody else, if you want to call and leave us a message, we'd love to hear from you. I would love to hear that. All right, so this week we're going to talk about stuff that's new in the collection. But before we get started with that, we're going to play a little game. Rob, you ready to play a game? A game. You're Intriguing. Up for it? Yep. Yes. We're Is gonna... this a game of chance? Uh, no. Oh. A chance you'll hurt someone's feelings. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're going to play the library version of Kiss, Mary, Kill. Oh. We're going to call it Display, Shelve, and Discard. Ah. So I want you to give me three authors, one that you would display. One that you would shelve, and one that you would discard. Okay. Uh, wow. I wish I had some time to think about this. No, it's unfortunate. I guess for display, I read this really great book by Jack Finney. He's the author of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But this book was a book of short stories about time travel. Okay. And uh, I loved it, and I told everybody about it. And Jack Finney was, was my favorite author at the moment. And I would definitely put him on the display. All right. And get him up there. 
Shelve? Yeah. Uh, I think listeners are not going to be surprised. I would have to say Robert Block. Anything by Robert Block needs to be on the shelf where it can be accessed and read. Um, and discard. Does it have to be somebody that I read? No. Okay, cool. James Patterson, gone. Discarded. And I know that that might be shocking. And you're saying, Rob, how would you get rid of somebody that you've never read? I don't know, man. I just, it like every three weeks a new James Patterson book comes out. And it drives true. me nuts. And we get like eight copies of it. And it's like, give somebody else a chance, James. I mean, do you not have enough money yet? Let somebody else write a book. That's just me. That's, that's probably not the way to be, but that's, that's just me on that one. So Jack Finney display, Robert Block, Shelve, James Patterson, discard. Okay. So we're going to talk about new stuff in the collection. What you got for us? All right. Well, I have started reading... And I've gotten into a new book called Finding Miss Ford. It's from 2019 by Deborah Goodrich Royce. It starts off, uh, Susan Ford lives in a very nice seaside community in Rhode Island. It's a sunny summer morning in 2014, and suddenly two FBI men come to her home. They're looking to determine what her connection is with a man from Iraq. They've seized the man who claims to be on his way to see Susan. And they have a lot of questions, and Susan doesn't want to answer any of them. The focus of the book then goes back to the summer of 1979 when Susan was a teenager and starting her first summer job. She meets a very spirited Annie Nelson, a girl her age who could not be more perfect or opposite of Susan if she tried. So they're, they're two very separate people. They actually remind me of the two uh, girls from um, my best friend's exorcism. Okay. They're just, they're two opposites, but they have enough in common. They, they click. And, they, and building these characters is really great. So the focus kind of stays on the girls and the, the friendship, the bond that they create. And then the book starts going back and forth between the two timelines, 1979 to 2014. And it's building on who everyone is, and I can tell it's building to some big revelation. Mm-hmm. It's, not a, it's a thriller, not a mystery. I don't think this is a whodunit so much as it's building to a, uh, some kind of... I, I want to say she might be a spy. That's just me guessing early on. Okay. And uh, it's kind of an edge-of-your-seat read. I'm really enjoying it. It's the first book by uh, Deborah. And uh, it, so far, I'm really enjoying it. So uh, it's, uh, again, a suspense thriller found in the fiction collection. There's plenty of, of copies of it in the system. Um, her next book comes out in May of 2021, uh, Ruby Falls. It's another thriller, and that one involves an actress finding out some suspicious things about her husband. Okay. So uh, based on this book, I will be reading Ruby Falls. Well, this doesn't sound like your normal pick. You're right. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, I recognize Deborah Goodrich Royce from when she was an actress. She actually started off. Now, you're going to, or most people listening uh, are going to recognize her. She acted under the name Deborah Goodrich, and most of you might recognize her when she was on All My Children in uh, 1982. She played Silver Kane. 
the sister to Susan Lucci's Erica Kane. Oh. And that's where she started. And then from there, she started doing TV shows like A-Team, Mike Hammer, Three's Company, all the classics. Oh. She made her big screen debut in a very funny teen comedy called Just One of the Guys, which was kind of a high school version of Tootsie where a young girl on the high school newspaper... She wants to report about what it's like to be a guy, so she goes to another school dressed as a guy to find out that world of boys. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then Deborah did some really cool uh, horror movies that I know her from, like April Fool's Day, which is a kind of a slasher movie, but it's April Fool's Day, so you never know what's real and what's not real. And, and then a really cool, cool one called Remote Control, and that one's about aliens who come to Earth and use a videotape to brainwash us. So as soon as I recognized her name, I looked her up, and it, it sure enough was the same person. Okay. And uh, I am very thrilled that I have rediscovered her. I always enjoyed seeing her in movies and whatnot, and, and I'm enjoying reading her. And it got, me, it got me wondering how many other maybe actresses have turned to being authors, and I found a couple. There was another actress that I was familiar with named Harley Jane Kozak. And she was in this really great horror film called House on Sorority Row. And that's a slasher. But she was also in Arachnophobia, the Steve Martin movie Parenthood, and then a little something called When Harry Met Sally. Oh. So she did a lot of really big movies. And she started writing mysteries. And we've got a couple of them, Dating Dead Men and Dating is Murder. And she's continued those, uh, has done Dead X, A Date You Can't Refuse, and she's done... Uh, Paranormal Romance, Keeper of the Moon. And that one is available on Hoopla. Here at Madison, we actually have Dating Dead Man and Dating is Murder. Meg Tilly is another actress I was familiar with. Uh, I remember first seeing her in Psycho 2, the movie. She was Lila Loomis's daughter, Mary. Uh, she uh, went on to win a Golden Globe Award, and she was in movies like The Big Chill, Impulse, the Girl in the Swing, and Body Snatchers, which was the 1993 version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, she's written a number of books, and the Huntsville-Madison County Public Library System actually has the titles Cliff's Edge and Solace Island in the adult fiction and Porcupine in the young adult fiction. As far as our movies, in the system we do have Psycho 2, The Big Chill, and Masquerade. Uh, Hoopla also offers her young adult novel, first time. So I thought that was kind of interesting that uh, these were actresses I was familiar with from horror movies way back when, and now they're all writing all these wonderful books. Well, that's pretty neat. I've got a few authors here that had interesting backstories before they became writers full-time. I thought that might be an interesting tie-in with that. So Maggie Stiefvater, she's written a bunch of young adult novels, several series. She was an animal portrait artist specializing in painting the portraits of famous racehorses before she became a New York Times bestselling author. Pierce Brown, the author of the Red Rising trilogy, uh, was an NBC page before selling his first book. Deborah Harkness, the author of the All Souls trilogy that starts with the Discovery of Witches, it's now a star series, was a historian and librarian. And Margaret Atwood was a barista. Cool. Before selling her first book. And Rachel Hawkins, she's also another YA author. She was an English teacher here in Madison. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, before she sold her first book uh, called Hex Hall. And she's written a bunch since then um, and has her first adult thriller coming out next year. So just some fun fun authors that started with weird, weird or other careers before turning into authors. With that, I'll talk about uh, the book that I'm currently reading. It's a new book to the collection, and it's called Why Fish Don't Exist, A Story of Loss, Love, Chaos, Scientific Obsession, and Possibly Even Murder. It's by Lulu Miller. Lulu was an NPR reporter and a podcast host before stumbling onto the story of David Starr Jordan. Jordan was a man who discovered nearly a fifth of the world's species of fish. He cataloged almost all of the world's fish and had them in a lab preserved so they could be studied. And so when the, the earthquake of 1906 destroys San Francisco, his lab is destroyed and he becomes obsessive with recataloging and putting these fish back together. Um, she dismisses the tale of David Starr Jordan at first. She says, uh, just a tale of hubris, just man determined to save his preserved fish after this earthquake and uh, kind of loses his life putting that back together. Uh, and when her life starts to fall apart, she views his story in a different light, that when your world falls down around you, maybe you can find ways to go on anyway. Jordan is a problematic character. He was a proponent of eugenics. He wasn't uh, necessarily a great person, but Lulu found something in his life story that helped her through a really tough time. So maybe it's not so much that Lulu's background in this case is unusual. She doesn't really fit with the the authors that started out as something different. But it's the way she stumbles on this story and the way that she uses Jordan's story as an inspiration to put her life back together that makes it unusual. Okay. I haven't finished it yet, but the writing, I feel it's, it's good writing. I'm engaged. It's a memoir slash nonfiction. So it's like her life also entwined with the story of David Starr Jordan and his life and his obsession with fish. Okay. So okay. I would check it out. So far, it's very interesting. How often are you reading more than one book at a time? Is that I always thought I was weird when I did that. No, I'm pretty much always reading more than one at a time. <laughs> Do you have one and you read it for a while and you put it down and you're like, I'm going to read this one for a while? Because like right now, I think I'm reading three or four different books. I'm currently in the middle of one, two, three, five. Five books. Okay. Five books. Two for book clubs for the library. Wow. And the three for my own personal entertainment. I am I am in the middle of four, and I'm going to tell you about another one that I'm reading. And this is one that's that's you can pick up and go anytime. So this one's probably taking me the longest because the the chapters are short. And I'll explain. It's called Monster. She wrote the women who pioneered horror and speculative fiction from 2019. It's by Lisa Kroger and Melanie R. Anderson. This book is exactly what it says it is. It's about the creative women who wrote basically genre material when it wasn't something that women did. I mean, I know that sounds funny, but writing stories of any kind, uh, just writing in general was at one point considered man's work. So these ladies all kind of bucked the system, put pens to paper, and they wrote their stories not, not given a care about what anybody thought, which I think that right there is very cool. And then, of course... They help literally pioneer the horror genre, creating what we now have for horror stories, horror movies, horror fiction, all of that stuff. And it's really a fascinating read. Each chapter focuses on one writer, 
kind of gives her gives a little bit of her background and then recommends what you should read by that person. Oh, nice. So, you know, among the long list of ladies, uh, the one that's really made an impression on me so far is Anne Radcliffe. And she was an author who didn't so much write horror. She was more of a suspense. She valued terror over horror. Mm. Terror being that building suspense, that delicious what's going to happen next, as opposed to horror being something that's just gruesome and, and you know just happens for right. shock value. But come to find out that the number of, of horror authors or, or authors that later said that she inspired their writings included Sir Walter Scott, the Marquis de Sade, and a guy named... Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, just him. So Edgar Allan Poe, who's inspired so many horror writers and so many scary stories, got his inspiration from Anne Radcliffe. So nice. I think that's pretty amazing. So again, each each lady has a, her own chapter, a short bio, recommend, re- recommendations to read. Uh, the author's covered. It the coverage starts in 1623 with Margaret Cavendish. And then it just comes up to modern times. It's, uh, it's, it covers a lot of material. This is, a, this is a rabbit hole. Once you start reading this, you're going to get introduced to so many people and so many different stories. And this, it, the book was not going to stop with this book because you're going to probably go look up a lot of the stuff in here. And that's a fascinating part of the book also. I, I can't recommend this one enough. I don't know when I'll get to read it, but it is available after I turn it in. Uh, <laughs> right. We do have it in our new nonfiction that is uh, kept in the literature of nonfiction. So, Monster, she wrote, The Women Who Pioneered Horror and Speculative Fiction. You might want to check that out. That sounds great. Especially because, you know, we're getting close to October. Yes, October, the best time of the, the year. The best time of the year. No more wasps. <laughs> no more wasps. <laughs> Um, so do you think we got anything special going on in October? I think maybe we'll have a few tricks up our sleeve. Okay. For, uh, our content in October. Maybe some treats. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Sounds good. Something fun. Something interesting for our October. Hopefully we'll be talking about scary stuff, spooky stuff. I think the world is kind of spooky right now anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's appropriate to read some scary stories and some, watch some scary movies. I'm going to try to do a blog 31 Days of Halloween, and highlight 31 horror movies that we have in our collection. All right. And then if they're available on Hoopla, I'll mention that. But that'll be if you come to the library for your materials, this is stuff that you can come in and get. So. All right. That sounds great. Uh, shout out to the uh, Hornets or the Wasps that we met today. They were wonderful. They made an impression like a lot of people don't. Yeah. I'll always remember them. I know you will. I will definitely remember them. I will always remember them introducing themselves to you. (laughs) Well, thanks. Hi, lady. All right. So wherever you go, whatever you do, remember, don't don't trust trust robots. robots. Thanks for listening. Bye. The views expressed by the hosts are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the Huntsville-Madison County Library System. For more information on the Huntsville-Madison County Public Library, visit us online at hmcpl.org. If you'd like to learn more about some of the topics discussed today, visit your local library, which is us. No representation is made that your librarian is more knowledgeable than other librarians or that they have any expertise on your particular project.